You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, so, Brad, welcome in. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Anita. Thanks for the talk. No, thank you. Thank you. So uh, so let's let's dive into this matchup. It's an interesting one. As we know, Suns go up early to 2-0. The series then heads to Dallas and the fans, the energy, the electricity, Luca, a man possessed. Now the series all tied up. What do you feel the Mavs did in the last two games that got them to where they are right now? Yeah, Anita, you brought up Luca. Luca's been great this entire series. I think the difference between the games in Phoenix and the game in the games in Dallas were the other guys, the role players for the Mavs, stepped up in games three and four. You had Jalen Brunson have a great game three. Dorian Finney-Smith was fantastic for the Mavs in games four. Uh, in game four, guys like Davis Bertans and Maxi Kleba did not show up in Phoenix for the first two games of the series, but they really stepped up in games three and four in Dallas. So that's been the biggest key for both of these teams in the series so far. The role players for for Phoenix were really good in the desert, and the role players for the Mavs were really good in Dallas. So Luka's going to get his, but the other guys stepped up in games three and four. If the Mavs want to win this game tonight, they're going to need to show up on the road. Uh, One thing also that we saw on the opposite side with the Suns is uh, Chris Paul, six fouls, only five points, very uncharacteristic night for him in game four. Just out of curiosity, if you can kind of break, we were were talking about it just a second ago, uh, my producers and I, and and we we did field a few calls, but, you know, break down for us exactly what happened in the arena with Chris Paul, his family and the Mavs fan. Yeah, you know, it's a weird situation, and we haven't gotten any official clarification. The Mavs released a statement saying that members of Chris Paul's family received unwanted hugs in the concourse during the game, which I've never seen unwanted hugs used in any statement, let alone a professional statement from an NBA team. But uh, that's that's the word on the street. We never saw any video of exactly what went down, but apparently you know, some fans sitting around Chris Paul's family were heckling them throughout the game and then uh, they decided to try to give them hugs during the game up on the concourse. So, you know, watching the game on TV, you saw some of the security members talking to Chris Paul coming out of one of the TV timeouts, and I thought, "Mm, that's interesting. You usually don't see the players talking to stadium security like that, but Chris Paul was pointing out a couple of fans in the stands, and then obviously he made the comments that he made after the game. So sort of a weird situation, obviously a frustrating day, for Chris Paul, who couldn't get anything going on the floor and then had the stuff going on off the floor as well. So something pretty bizarre in this series. Anita has given us uh, plenty of unique things to talk about. So and, and so now I'm really confused because because I, and, and I know there's not a lot of video out there uh, for us to see and, and understand how this all went down. You know, the, the only video that we did see was um, the young 18 year old fan being escorted out. He looked dazed and confused. His mother looked dazed and confused. Uh, Chris Paul was saying something to him, but that was right down there on the court. You're saying that this incident happened somewhere else? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Well, the Mavs released a statement yesterday saying that the incident took place on the concourse up at uh, the top of the stands. 
so I thought the same thing as you, right? I think we all saw the video of the fan getting escorted, but the math statement said that there was an incident that took place up on the concourse involving Chris Paul's family and some other fans. So it kind of feels like a he said, she said sort of situation right now when nobody knows exactly what went down because I'm with you. I originally thought it was something that took place you know, by the court where Chris Paul's family was sitting, but then the Mavs released the statement that they released and they kind of disputed Chris Paul's scenario of the event. So I don't know if anybody knows outside of the folks involved know exactly what went down during game four. Okay, and so I have I have a slew of more questions here for you, and I promise we'll get to X's and O's in just a second. But I'm trying to understand, like, in regard to Chris Paul's six fouls, five points, very uncharacteristic, was he aware of what was happening to his family prior to the game, or did he not find out about what was happening to his family after the game? I think he found out during the game, because there was that moment where Chris Paul was talking to stadium security, coming out of a TV timeout in the second half. So I think he caught wind, maybe one of his family members told him what was going on, and he talked to stadium security to try to let them know what the deal was. I don't, I don't know if anything, I don't think anything took place before the game. I don't think Chris Paul had anything brought to his attention before tip-off on Sunday, but uh, I think as the game progressed, he caught wind of what was going on. And then obviously he made the comments that he made after the game, probably getting more clarification from uh, members of his family. Got it. Brad Kellner joining us here on 98.7 ESPN from ESPN 97.5 in Texas. All right, let's talk, let's talk X's and O's, right? Because the Mavs, as you pointed out, much different at home than they were in Phoenix. They're back in Phoenix. What do you feel that they learned or they gathered the last two games that now they can take on the road with them and try to execute while they're in the desert. Yeah, the Mavs' strength this year has been on the defensive end of the floor, right? Jason Kidd, it's his first year in Dallas. The Mavs were not known to be a good defensive team in the final couple of years under Rick Carlisle. And Jason Kidd came in here, and from day one, he's preached defense. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Being the differentiator and defense being the thing that's going to take the Mavs over the top. And in games three and four, they defended incredibly well. I mean, talking about Chris Paul on the floor, he was a completely different player in Dallas these last two games than he was in Phoenix. And the Suns offensively could do pretty much whatever they wanted in the first two games of this series. They scored 120-plus in each of those two, and the Mavs' defense really tied down. So I think the Mavs realized over the last couple of games that, hey, if they want to win this series, if they want to pull off the upset and beat the best team in the NBA, they're going to have to bring it on the defensive end of the floor. And they made some adjustments, too. At the end of game two, the Suns were targeting Luka Doncic as much as possible, right? They were trying to get Chris Paul in pick-and-roll situations and get Luka switched on him. The Mavs have been helping Luka on the defensive end in the last two games, and that's really made a difference, kind of getting Phoenix out of their rhythm and getting away from what they try to do. So the Mavs want to muck this up. They want this to be an ugly, low-scoring defensive struggle, while the Suns obviously want to get back to their identity, and that's play fast and score a lot of points. So I think the Mavs realize that if they're going to steal a game on the road and really have a chance to win this series, they're going to have to bring it on defense. Uh, another key that that I think is going to be really crucial is is Aiton and uh, and and how the Mavs can I, I think it's I think it's it's next to impossible to defend him but at least try to slow him down. 
So what do you think that they're going to do defensively tonight, especially in the paint, uh, to uh, to slow down what Aiton is, is, has been able to do in the series? Yeah, I agree 100%, Anita. I mean, on paper, that's the biggest mismatch between these two teams, right? The Mavs just don't have a lot of front court size, and DeAndre Ayton has been a problem for just about everybody all season long. So, you know, getting him in foul trouble, I think, was key the last couple of games. And uh, DeAndre Ayton, as good as he is offensively, he can't really stretch the floor defensively. Uh, the Mavs have a lot of bigs who can shoot, and that's kind of been a weakness for Phoenix is DeAndre Ayton on the defensive end of the floor when he can't just sit inside and be a rim protector. But for the Mavs, look, I, I think they've got to double DeAndre Ayton relatively often. I don't think they can go one-on-one with Dwight Powell or Maxi Kleba or any of their other guys that they have down low because those guys just aren't big enough to handle DeAndre Ayton. So I think uh, the Mavs have to send doubles or at least show doubles to DeAndre Ayton and make him kick the ball out and hope some of the other guys can beat them. But it's a tall task. And once again, on paper, the biggest mismatch between these two teams is DeAndre Ayton versus the Mavs frontcourt. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Uh, before we let you go, what what can we expect in this game tonight? Uh, what do you think the final result's going to be? Yeah, I think the Suns bounce back. I think they protect home floor. Uh, what's the old adage? Like, the series doesn't start until a road team wins a game. I don't think the series is going to start tonight. I think Phoenix gets back on track. I don't think you see Chris Paul have a type of game that he had on Sunday uh, tonight. I think Devin Booker has a good performance, and I think Phoenix protects home floor. They've been the best team in Phoenix on home floor in the NBA this season. So I think they bounce back and uh, win this game, I'll say by seven, and the Suns take a 3-2 lead in the series. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yeah, I, I I wonder, Brad, if if you know Chris Paul and, and all that took place in in Dallas is is going to be extra motivation for him to really put on a show tonight. I I I think he's going to. So we're we're on the same page there. Um, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening, uh, breaking down, doing a little great preview of what's to come tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem, Anita. Thank you. You got it. You got it. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.